theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. So without further ado, I want to preach what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart this week to you. And I want to, you're probably seated already and that's okay because we do have a rather relatively lengthy passage of scripture that I'm going to read with you. And I want you to read along with us. Open up your Bible or your Bible app, if you will, to the book of Daniel chapter one. And I'm going to begin at verse three. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3 we're reading out of the New Living Translation today and as you're getting there I'll let you get situated for a moment praise God let's look at this then the king ordered Ashpenaz his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Sound like you're talking about Jordan, Jaden, and Marcus. Praise God. He said, make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Lincoln Thompson. Praise God. So check this out. Train these young men. Hear me, young men. You got to be teachable, though. Praise God. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were eating good. Many of us ate good for Christmas. Praise God. They were to be trained for three years, and they would enter the royal service. Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of these 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude 
for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. I'm almost done. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them, talking about these four Hebrew men, ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. And I will preach this thought to you this afternoon by the help of the Holy Ghost. A kingdom promotion. A kingdom promotion. Would you help me pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bless you and exalt you. I declare that I am dependent upon you. If you don't speak through me, Lord, what's the point of opening my mouth, God? If you don't anoint me, I know no chains will be broken. No one will be set free, God. But you're able to speak through me. It is your anointing. It is not mine. It is your anointing, God. Pour out your anointing on your servant. I pray that your presence will be felt in every room that's watching. I pray that your word would pierce through any darkness, God, and it would speak through, speak to everybody that's listening, God. Our hearts are open. Oh, Lord God, we're believing and declaring great things. I release the gift of faith. Send your ministering angels God to minister and to encourage we give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus Christ would you clap your hands unto the Lord come on and bless him hallelujah praise God a kingdom promotion a kingdom promotion you know I'm very grateful I'm very grateful in light of this being a very difficult year in many regards and we are coming together even though we're in our second lockdown when we were coming together after the first lockdown our in-person worship experiences you could feel the anticipation you could feel the excitement people were excited to come to the house of the Lord people were coming with an expectation people were coming with the certainty that Jesus Christ was going to move let me just push pause here for a moment and tell you there is something that is powerful or something that's powerful that comes along with expectation if you expect nothing then you'll get nothing but if you expect something, you will receive from the Lord. And I'm appreciative of this hunger and thirst that is in extraordinary church. I'm appreciative of your desire for God and the things of God. Can I tell you, God responds to faith. And when we come expecting God to show up, he'll meet us in a great way. He'll meet us in an extraordinary way. And God was meeting us in supernatural gatherings Every time we came together, the move of God that took place in this auditorium was sometimes overwhelming, certainly life-changing and inspiring. Not only every time on a Sunday, but sometimes we'd come together in a prayer meeting and we'd be stretched out on the floor for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Sometimes we felt like we couldn't even get up because it was coming in billowing waves. Tongues and interpretations were coming forth almost every weekend worship experience. God was sending people we had 99 first time guests i'm telling you god is moving we had people receive the spirit we had people who were baptized people were coming expecting and god was showing up i give him praise for that i give him praise for that and because of that fact alone wherever god is desired 
that's where God will come. See, wherever God is sought, that's where God will show up. He comes where he's wanted. He comes where he's needed. He comes where he's invited. Right now, he can meet you in your living room. Right now, he can meet you in your bedroom. Right now, he can meet you in the vehicle. He will come right into your car with you all by yourself while nobody is there. He'll come right into your living room, right with your family. He shows up in the spaces that we have prepared for him. And at Extraordinary Church, we will gladly accommodate the Lord. We will gladly say, God, you show up, throw your weight around. We built a throne room of praise for you to sit on. We want you to have your way. Just like that Christmas song. Let every heart prepare him room. And so when he comes, there's really no hiding the fact that he's there. Because when he comes... He comes like a bright light in your darkest place. It doesn't matter what's going on. Whenever he comes, he comes in and he comes in and takes over the room. The reality of it is the king is here. The king of glory is here. The king of redemption is here. The king of kings and lord of lords is here. He's here in this room. He's here where you are. He's here to minister. And if anybody's thankful for the presence of God, you ought to give him praise. You ought to open up your mouth and say, God, I'm thankful. If you want him in this season, if you need him in this season, if you have to have him right here and right now, let him know I need you. Praise God. The king is here. The Lord is moving in this season and he's speaking remarkably clear to his people. Earlier in the week, the Lord prompted me to read the entire book of Daniel. It was at the conclusion of this midweek Bible connection that I felt like the Lord told me that there will be a promotion for those that are aligned with his kingdom. If you didn't get a chance to watch that midweek Bible connection, I want to encourage you to go back and watch it. Savagery did an outstanding job teaching and preaching. It was such an encouraging word, and I'm thankful. But it was at the conclusion of that that I felt this prophetic utterance. As a matter of fact, as I felt God leaning on me, he would not let me get away from the book of Daniel. I began to read it and listen to it and begin to study its context I could not feel a release until I was done reading all 12 chapters of the book of Daniel. And yesterday, or it might have been Friday, I felt like the Lord provided, and I want you to hear me, further clarity by revealing why he had me read the book of Daniel. I felt like the Lord spoke very clearly in 2021, there will be a kingdom promotion for all who are aligned with his purpose. I want you to let that settle in for just a moment because what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you his agenda is first. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In the first chapter of Daniel, the king saw how God prospered Daniel and the other young men who refused to defile themselves. They refused to eat the king's meat. God caused them to prosper so much that the Babylonian king saw it. What am I trying to tell you? Daniel honored the convictions that he had and we too need to honor the convictions that we have. Daniel had been taken to Babylon against his will, but for a purpose. 
the destruction of Judah and the subsequent captivity had been allowed to occur in keeping with God's purpose, working in and through all things to bring about what is best for those who love God and remain faithful to him. To accomplish that goal, only the best and brightest of Hebrew young men were selected to go through three years of intense training for being assigned to duty in the king's service. Oh God, I need you to hear me. They were smart enough to know that in the new country, in their new country, he and his friends would have no choice but to learn the language and literature as well as adopt manners and customs of Babylon's people. Daniel went along with what he had conscientiously had to go along with. But he did have a point at which he drew the line. He had a point where he said, you know what? I understand your customs. I know your language. I can speak your language. I understand your literature. And I can connect with you. But I do want you to know, I will not, there is a place that I will not go. There is a line that I will not cross. And for Daniel, that line was, I will not eat the king's meat. Daniel had purpose in his heart. He made up in his mind that he would not defile his relationship with the Lord by breaking God-given laws. What am I trying to tell you? We need to take seriously what God is doing in our lives. May we never allow ourselves to be satisfied with the things of the world. We are not... I know we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't need to allow the things of the world to satisfy us. We better draw a line and say, you know what? I know things and I understand things. And yes, I can communicate in literature. I can communicate in your customs. But there's something in this world that cannot satisfy me. Like the God that I know can satisfy me. I will not turn my back on him. Praise God. Well, what do you hold dear to? What do you cling to? What do you long for? What do you look to? What are you expecting? What do you value? Rather than causing an ugly scene and drawing negative attention to himself and others by loudly protesting and stirring up trouble, Daniel's brilliant mind enabled him to devise a plan that would honor his convictions and God. At the same time, respect his Babylonian overseer. So you know what he said? Hey, <laughs> hey, let me tell you a plan. And if it doesn't work, oh my God. You know what? He was putting his conviction. I need you to hear me. He was putting his conviction to the test. He was putting what he believes. You do understand that your faith behaves. It's one thing to say it. So your faith, you, you, your faith doesn't just speak, it behaves. I need you to let that sink in for a moment. And at this point, it could have cost Daniel his job, even his life. But Daniel was willing. It was one of those uh, Mount Carmel moments, if you will. It was one of these David and Goliath moments. It was simply, you know what? I am all in with the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no shadow of a doubt in Daniel's mind. He said, test me for 10 days and watch what God does. And he's basically, he's like, I'm so convinced. I'm telling you right now. I know that I know that I know. Not only will I put my life on the line, I'll put your life on the line. I'm telling you, God will come through. 
Daniel's faith demonstrates his reliance on God. It invited the power and the presence of God into his life. Can I tell you, we have to be more concerned with pleasing God than we are pleasing the world. Pleasing God produced a blessing that would forever be remembered on Daniel's life. Daniel believed God and that God would hear his plea, and our God did. See, in times like this, right now, in seasons like this, we're being tested. Our faith is being put to the test. Will our response reflect a faith that relies on God? Will our response invite the power and presence of God into our lives? Will it please God and bring about that which is best for us and for others? See, Daniel put his conviction to the test. He put his faith to the test, and so must we. Daniel's faith was recognized by the, kings of, uh, by the king as official and genuine. His friends, not only, not only he, but his friends found favor in the sight of the king, this pagan king who not only praised Daniel and the other three Hebrew boys, but also praised the almighty God. Oh my Jesus, what would Canada look like today if we had some leaders that would say, look at what God has done. If we just had some Daniels that would step up, but I'm telling you right now by faith, there is this supernatural shift is happening and the shift is happening to position those who are in, my God, I just, the Lord's revealing this to me as I was talking. I told you the shift was about alignment and the alignment is positioning us, praise God, for some supernatural increase you need to realize it's positioning you for promotion you're going to understand it here in just a moment I need you to hear me but what am I trying to get you to understand what a difference it would make if our leaders relied on God for wisdom what a difference it would make if our leaders came to spirit-filled pastors preachers and teachers who know God and know his power and begin to seek after the Lord Jesus Christ what a difference it would make if you could just imagine, imagine with me a Justin Trudeau opening his mouth saying, there is nobody like the Lord God. His name is Jesus and he is a God above all gods. He is a king above all kings and his wisdom is everlasting and his foundations are sure. I'm telling you, if God did it back then, he can do it today. But he's waiting on a Daniel who will align themselves with his will. Daniel became a living testimony of spiritual insight and godly wisdom. What am I trying to tell you today? What I feel so deeply in my spirit is this. Let me explain what this means. We can't allow the things of Babylon, in other words, the things of this world, to satisfy us. Right now, as we get ready to go into made for more, and we decide to pray and fast like never before, and we decide to strategically give, can I tell you, it is not the time for us to allow ourselves to be entertained by the things of the world. It's not the time to allow ourselves to be satisfied by the things of the world. I'm not talking about food right now. What I'm talking about is God. You know what? There's something in me. There's a holy hunger in me. There's a holy appetite in me. There's something that has a desire for more and this world can't satisfy it. Netflix can't get it done. Amazon Prime can't do it. Christmas gifts. Oh, I might have gotten everything that I want. It still left an empty feeling on the inside. 
I've got meat. I've got a desire for something greater. I'm telling you, greater is coming to this region in the name of Jesus Christ. But you have to position yourself. So let me make it plain. Jesus, John 4, 32. John 4, 32 through 38, it reads, but Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but whew, Jesus. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike you know the saying one plants and another harvest and it's true i sent you to harvest where you didn't plant others had already done the work and now you will get to gather the harvest if you know this story here, Jesus is going to Samaria and he says, I have a need, I have a desire to go through Samaria. As a matter of fact, if you map it out, he was going out of his way. The disciples were like, Lord, there's a quicker way. But he had a desire, a need. There was a woman that he was going to meet at the well, Jacob's well. And he met this woman and he was there and he said, look, you know what? Why don't you give me something to drink? And she said, she, they had this conversation and he said, oh, if you only knew who I was, you would ask me for something to drink. They have this remarkable interaction and she realizes that he is the Messiah. He tells her, you're looking at God in the flesh right now. She begins to run and tell everybody, and say hey let me introduce you to a man who told me everything about my life and absolutely changed my life and the disciples come right after that and they're like hey wait a second lord you seem satisfied lord you seem refreshed lord you seem renewed did somebody bring you some food that we know nothing about and he said you don't understand my nourishment comes from doing the will of god who sent me can i tell you there's somebody that God is raising up in this season who cannot be satisfied with financial increase. There's somebody who God is raising up that cannot be satisfied with automobiles and gadgets. But God is raising up somebody who will say, I have to do the will of God at all costs. I have to seek and save that which is lost. I have meat that you know not of. Praise God. God wants us to get a burden for the lost. He wants us to understand that he came for such this reason. To seek and to save that which is lost. But if we're not careful, we're more concerned about us than we are others. We're more concerned about getting our praise on. Getting our church on. I've come to find out that there's a big difference between Jesus and the church. There's a big difference. Now, I didn't say the church, but a church. We can church all day long. We can shout him. People want you to preach him, and they want to be danced, and they want to run, and they want to be inspired. But the reality of it is the church is here. He said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. He has commissioned us to reach the lost. 
Look at what he says here. He says the fields are already ripe for harvest. And the harvester paid good wages. Praise God. I'm talking about where is your treasure. Princess, I want you to come. I just want you to come and, and, and play something. Just me for now. But you know what? I want you. He says, he says, look at this. He says, wake up. Oh, my God. I need us to wake up. Wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvest. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work. And now you'll get to gather the harvest. I'm in the Holy Ghost because this is why we're here. The Lord has sent us because others have planted. But the Lord has got us in this 11th hour to gather in the harvest. Praise God. Come on, right now. Right now. I told my wife last night. I said, you know what? I'm just, I wasn't speaking about EC because by the grace of God, we were running two, two worship experiences that were full. We were contemplating going to a third. We were contemplating going to a third. But you know what? I wonder how full the church would be. I wonder how full the church would be if we just filled our cars with people. Could it be that churches are empty because our cars are empty? What am I saying? God didn't give you that vehicle just so you could look good. God didn't give you that vehicle so you could be styling and profiling like we used to say back in the day. God gave you that vehicle so you could fill it and bring people to the house of God. So they can know him. So they can feel his power. So they can be filled with his presence, his spirit. People are desperate for him. People are hungry for him. People are thirsty for him. Just like that woman at the well. Praise God. I feel the spirit of the Lord raising up. I feel the spirit of the Lord connecting with people right now in the name of Jesus. There's a satisfaction. People are abandoning some things right now. Praise God. I feel it. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Let's just take a moment and respond to the Spirit of the Lord. There's some people turning their back on the accolades. There's some people turning their back on the affirmation. There's some people turning their back on the people who misunderstand them. There's some people turning their back on social media. There's some people turning their back on, on, on eating whatever they want. There's some people turning their back on entertainment just for them. There's some people that are saying, I've got a desire. I've got a passion. I've got a meat that I know not of. It's from the Father. I've got to do His will got to do his bidding praise God praise God praise God I want to share another passage with you I'm going to preach just for a few more moments I'm not done yet but I want this to get in our spirit I want you to look at Mark chapter 2 verse 1 Mark chapter 2 verse 1 when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later the news spread quickly that he was back home Praise God. Ooh, Jesus. Praise God. Hey, I feel a witness in my spirit. 
when we open back up, the news is going to spread quickly. God, when we come back, I'm in the Holy Ghost. When we come back to in-person worship experiences, the news is going to spread quickly. Soon the house, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with the visitors that there was no more room. I'm prophesying and declaring that's going to be the case for extraordinary church. I'm telling you why, because we're getting an alignment even outside the door. Praise God. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. I'm telling you right now, this is what we're being positioned for. Woo! Jesus. Four men. I need, God is raising up. You want to know I'm trying to get this in your spirit, but I need some men and women who will get up under the burden of the loss. I need some men and women that will get up under the burden of the loss. There were four men who got up under the burden of one man. First of all, in order to help them, they had to get to wherever he was. We can't just sit here and expect the loss to come. We have to go to them. It's a problem with some of us. We want to have church. We don't necessarily want to get down where people are. My God, I dare you just to get down on your knees. I dare you to be willing to get dirty because there's power when you're down. There's power when you humble yourself. When you get down and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up and exalt you. These men, they picked him up. They picked this paralyzed man up. They carried him through the mountains. And this paralyzed man, he knew. He knew it would take a lot. Praise God. So he couldn't just let anybody carry him. He couldn't just let people who were half-heartedly interested carry him. He needed some Daniels. He needed some people with conviction. Some people that had said, you know what? I'm not going to quit when it gets tough. I'm not going to throw in the towel. Because he, he, you know what he said? He said, look, I've got one chance. I heard Jesus is in Capernaum. I need you to get me there and don't you drop me. I don't know if I can take another drop. I need you to hold on and stir to yourself. I need you to steal your will. I need you to know that I need to know that it's, you've got what it takes to get me to where I'm going. I need to know that when you come up against a hurdle, you won't say, oh, that's it. It's too hard for me. I need to know that you'll come together. You'll look and agree to help me to get to where I need to be. These four men picked up this one man and got into Capernaum. The roads were rough. The roads were long. It was hard. There were curves everywhere. They had to carry this man on his bed all through rough terrain. Wasn't easy for the paralyzed man either. You know they got tired. You ever tried to move some furniture and pick up something heavy and have two or three people trying to do it? Different strengths, different skill sets, different footings, different posture, different health, different determination. Sometimes, can you imagine just how difficult that is trying to carry that piece of furniture? How difficult it must have been for these four men to say, we're going to carry you and we're not going to drop you. It was uncomfortable. 
It was uncomfortable for this paralyzed man. But I believe he knew in his heart, I got to get to Jesus. It's not every day that I have the opportunity to be in the presence of the king. So they had one goal in mind. One goal. Get this man into the presence of the Lord. I'm dealing with somebody. Praise God. Come on, the lost, they can't fix themselves. We can't fix ourselves. Why do you think we say no perfect people allow? Because families are broken. Finances are broken. Physical bodies are broken. Hearts are broken. Somebody, please get this man to Jesus. Somebody, please get the hurting to Jesus. So they arrived. He said, man, we got you here. But look, it's packed. The Bible says, not only was the house full, people outside looking in the windows. The crowd was so deep, people were just trying to eavesdrop. People jumping up and down. I can't see. I can't see. What did he say? This guy said, we're done. we've done all that we can. We've done all we can. The paralyzed man said, hold on, hold on. I wonder, I wonder if we could get on the roof and tear back some stuff. If we could get to him then. <laughs> and you know what? I believe one man, one of the four said, man, you know what? I think that might work. Then somebody else, I think that might work. Third person, <laughs> I think that'll work. The fourth, the fourth, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fourth, yeah, yeah, I think that'll work. You know what? Yeah, I want y'all to come. You come. Tent, you can stay, but I want the boys to come. You know what? I want, he said, I, I think we can make this happen. I think we can make this happen. There were four men that, you know what, determined to get up on that roof and they begin to tear back the roof. Jesus and the, oh, I don't know what the homeowner was thinking, but I know this much. Jesus looked at their faith. Can I tell you, when we begin, whoo, when we begin to get in alignment with the kingdom of God and his purpose, the Lord will tear some stuff up in your life. He'll tear up perceptions and he'll tear up traditions. He'll tear up their mindsets that are hindering you from doing his will. We need God to tear up some things. We need to tear up our past and be about his business. Praise God. I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do in this hour. That's what God wants to do in this season. I'm going to shift. I'm done. You know what? I'm done. Praise God. Praise God. I feel the presence of the Lord. I'm trying to explain this to you. Because God wants us to be about his business more than ever. Praise God. Praise God. What a powerful Lord, the Lord is bringing so many things together that even I didn't think about thinking about hands. And I talked about that during our offering. You know what? This is going to sound crazy, but I just want you to lift your hands. Praise God. Right where you are. You know what? You're saying I'm available. I'm about to pray and deputize 
these hands in the name of Jesus. Commission these hands to go about and be about his work. Praise God and work while it is day because there is coming a time when no man will be able to work. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm commissioning every hand that is lifted, every hand that is lifted in sincerity, every hand that is lifted in saying, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me. Every hand that is lifted in saying, I don't have it all together, but I will say yes. Every hand that is lifted in saying, I don't know how, but I trust you. Every hand that is lifted saying, I've been praying and praying and praying. I'm not going to give up praying. I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. Every hand that is lifted that is saying, I will let my neighbor know. I will reach out to my barista at Starbucks. I will open up my mouth and declare that you love them. I will sow a seed. I will reap the harvest. I will in Jesus' name. Come on and receive that. God's going to God prophesy to you. God will give you a supernatural wisdom like he did Daniel. God will give you an intelligence like he did Daniel. God will give you a favor like he did Daniel. Why? Because of the kingdom promotion coming your way. Because you're in alignment with his will. Come on, there's a call that's going out to the broken. There's a call that's going out to the homeless. There's a call that's going out to the hungry. There's a call that's going out to the young and old. There's a call that's going out to the rich and poor. There's a call that's going out. I know this wasn't necessarily part of the text but you know what's fascinating sir when they let that man down Jesus looked at him and said your sins are forgiven (laughs) and the church because you know how church people can do praise God I was talking to my wife about church people praise God but I put up I put up with some religious folk that's what I just told the Lord today. I'll put it with the church, you know. The church ain't perfect. I had a buddy of mine. He said, you know, if, if you don't want to go where hypocrites are, then don't go to the gym either. Because there's a whole bunch of hypocrites there too. I said, you're right. But you know what? I thought to myself, my God, I, I'll put up with church folk so I can be in his presence. I'll put up with the religious. I'll put up with the backbiting. I'll put up with the false accusations. I'll put up with the lies. Just let me get in the presence of Jesus. Let him down. He said, your, he said, your sins are forgiven. And the church said, well, who, who does he think he is? Only God has the power to forgive sin. So Jesus said, why do you reason these things in your heart? Why do you think these things? Which is easier? To forgive sin or to tell the man to take up his bed and walk? This is going to be done so that you know the Son of Man, God in the flesh, has the power to forgive sin. So you know what he did? He said, hey, take up your bed and walk. Praise God. Praise God. The very thing, (laughs) the very thing that he came laying it on, he walked. <laughs> he walked out carrying. Praise God. Carrying. What am I trying to get you to understand here? You know what? And you know what's amazing? In the New Living Translation, this is what I've been reading it in. Jesus, when he speaks to the young man that they lay down the paralyzed before, 
You know the first thing he says to him? My child, your sins are forgiven. Praise God, my child. What? I'm broken, my child. I'm confused, my child. I'm discouraged, my child. I'm paralyzed, my child. I've been dropped before, but you're mine. I've been lied to, but you're mine. If you'll come to me, I'll make you whole. If you'll come to me, I'll restore you. If you come to me, I'll do the miracle in your life. Praise God. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray. Eternal, why don't you come up, grab this microphone, not this microphone, but your microphone, you've got it. I want to read this, these lyrics to you. And you know what? Let's play really softly. I want them to hear these lyrics. We're going to display them for you as well, but I want you to hear this. It's a beautiful song that has just been stirring me all morning to pray. It's called Rebels. It's by Influence Music. I'd encourage you to listen to it. But I want you to listen to the lyrics. It says, I've been looking for you in the still and safe, but I feel you in the most wildest place. In the chaos, the madness, in the afraid. We uncover the reason, the greatest price you paid. Let's go recklessly where the light has ceased. With a life let go, I will let them know. You can find me with the sinners, the rebels and the dreamers. Those hidden in the darkness, a glimpse of light. Take me where it hurts the hardest. How dangerous your love is. You can find me with the sinners where you gave your life. You knelt in the sand. And you drew the line. But one without sin they could not find. For the broken, rejected, and the saved. You uncovered the reason, the greatest price you paid. Let's go recklessly. Where the light has ceased, with a life let go, I will let them know. You can find me with the sinners, the rebels, and the dreamers. Those hidden in the darkness, a glimpse of light. Take me where it hurts the hardest. How dangerous your love is, you can find me with the sinners where you gave your life. Take me where the hurting heart is, a hunger for the one that's starving. Show me the one that needs you, the silenced the see-through you go running out before me i'm armored in all your victory to bring back your long lost family to the shadows we go take me where the hurting heart is a hunger for the one that's starving show me the one that needs you the silenced the see-through you go out running before me i'm armored in all your victory to bring back your long lost family to the shadows we go praise god Praise God. Can I tell you, you want to get in alignment? Follow us in the shadows as we go and rescue those that are in the dark. Follow us as we go to the hurting. Follow us into the unknown. Follow us into the afraid. Follow us because you know what? We're following him because we're armored in his victory. We cannot lose. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm telling you, we're victorious and we're overcoming in him. Praise God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. 
If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.